Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Illini guy Mike Kegley. I am on with Illini guy's staff writer, Matt Stevens. We're going to talk a little bit about Josh Whitman extending his contract. That's an exciting thing. And we're going to talk about that after we tell you, do you have a business that you'd like to promote right here or on Illini guy's Sports Spectacular? To advertise on the Sports Spectacular, reach out at info at IlliniGuys.com and use the passion of the Illini Guys to reach your audience. That's info at IlliniGuys.com. So, Matt, we have uh, gotten the, all the news about the extension with, um, you know, uh, Josh Whitman. So tell us, you know, first off, what are the details of his extension from a monetary standpoint and a time standpoint? Well, first of all, let me explain that the, the board meeting of the Board of Trustees, which also has an assistant women's basketball coach, has the approval of Brad Underwood's con new contract, actually, is on May, May 19th. So okay. that will all happen on that day. If this is all subject to board approval, I've never been part of a situation where the board meets and decides, no, we're not going to accept this recommendation. you got to go back and do the contract again. It's usually rubber stamped, but um they don't put it in the agenda unless they know it's going to be so let's okay. get that out of the way right now but it's it's may it's may night it's the 19th is when this all is going to be set in stone and we all uh we all start writing that that's when the contract was signed um and put into place um the deal is very simple um by july of 2023 uh joshua will be a million dollar athletic director um his base salary will be 1.025 million dollars with three hundred thousand dollars possible like the cap of $300 million, $300 million, $300,000 of bonuses um, based off of team performance, GPA of the team, APR scores, all that kind of stuff that goes into what he's kind of graded by as an athletic director. Um, okay. And so by that time, he could actually hit the million dollar mark in June of 2023. Um, but uh his base salary at that point is in this first year is 975,000 by the end of it, the, the contract, which, which Josh had a four year deal and they're just extending it another four years, essentially is what it sounds like to me. Um, it now extends all the way to June 30th, 2028. And in that last year of the deal, um, Josh's base salary will be $1.225 million. And along with, again, the $300,000, which is an annual, cap of uh incentives now i don't know if josh is going to hit all those incentives the other interesting thing is every year that this is uh, uh i'm sorry every two years which would be 2024 2026 and 2028 josh will get two hundred thousand dollars simply for staying at illinois um so it's a retention bonus that josh will get every two years so that's six hundred thousand dollars that josh has coming to him if he stays at illinois throughout the entirety of this contract and the, the last part of it, which is very, very interesting, is um, buyouts, which we always talk about for coaches. We never seem to really talk about for athletic directors um, that there's two sides of it. If Josh is fired at any point before this contract's over, he's owed 100% of it, um, of what's left. Um, with the cap being $4.5 million, but I, I don't possibly see how Josh would ever get to four or five, if, even if he was fired before then. So, so Josh will get hundred percent of this contract if he's fired without cause before this ever is um, for this contract is up. And if somebody wants to hire Josh away, they're going to have to pay. Uh, well, let's say next year, somebody wants to hire Josh away as their athletic director. It's going to cost that school 
um, $1.8 million. And that will decrease by $300,000 every year um, of this deal. But um, it's going to cost somebody a pretty penny if they, they want to, you know, uh, you know, hire Josh away from the University of Illinois. And I, with this being his alma mater and his family being pretty settled here in Champaign-Urbana, I don't really see that foresee that happening. But Josh's representation, um, of which he did not negotiate this deal on his own, even though he is a lawyer, he, he does have uh, other representation. And so Josh's uh, representation was able to even get him that um, to say, you know, there's there's cover here if if anybody's worried about Josh Whitman leaving Illinois, which I don't know why they would. So um, I know that's a lot of numbers and a lot of finagling. The, the long and the short of it is, is that in about 18 months, Josh Whitman's going to be a million dollar athletic director, which puts him in pretty rare company with his colleagues, especially in the Big Ten. Yeah, it's hard to find uh, up to date list of top 10 paid athletic directors, but you got to think that would put him, you know, down towards the bottom of the top 10, somewhere in that yeah, rough I mean, area. Top 10, top 15, something like that. Yep. I mean, I, I think, I think the, 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 uh, the new athletic director at Duke, she makes a lot of money. I think Nina King is her name coming from Notre Dame. I know Jack Swarbuck makes a really big, pretty penny at Notre Dame. Um, and they'll never release what that is. Yeah. Um, for instance, you'd be, you'd be surprised at some of the athletic director salaries. I mean, I know that Jimmy Phillips over at North, Northwestern, an Illinois graduate, he made a, he made a pretty good living, uh, as the Northwestern AD before he took over as the ACC commissioner. Um, and I know that, uh, but I, but I, I, I've not covered somebody that made a million dollars. I think Scott Strickland did when he got to Florida, but he certainly wasn't when I was covering Mississippi state. I don't think Mike, Babin I, he would, Josh Whitman would now make more than Mike Babinski, who I know was BAD when I was covering Purdue. Um, Auburn went through an AD change and I don't think Jay Jacobs was a million dollar athletic director, nor did he have any, you know, desire to be one. Um, and so again, it's all kind of also mixed in with cost of living, but, um, <laughs> Josh Whitman's not going to, going to, going to be hurting as a million dollar coordinator, even in Champaign-Urbana, even with Illinois, even with Illinois property taxes being what they are here. So, yeah. Right. Um, but no, I, 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 I just think it's, it's, it's Josh Whitman's bosses, which is, you know, Timothy Colleen, the vice president, vice president, uh, president and a vice chancellor at Illinois and uh, Chancellor Robert Jones um, and the board and the board of trustees, everybody on that board basically saying, you know, we think Josh is doing a really, really good enough job and, and we want to keep this momentum going in the athletic department. And the way we do that is to make sure we secure the leader until 2028. I think that's, that's, those are the two big messages is that we think Josh Whitman deserves the salary increase and we want him to be around here for a lot longer than, than his contract states and i also thought it was an interesting deal because uh i didn't know if they would do this until let's say the football team got a little bit more momentum in terms of wins and losses and attendance and all those things but um they're making a bet that that's going to happen based off of the moves that whitman has made over the last few years yeah and and look you know maybe the, what happened with phillips up at uh northwestern you know made made uh made people think twice, you know, the, the, the bottom line is, is, you know, you've got a guy like um, Josh, who, who is, you know, he's young, you know, when you're talking about the game of, of being an AD and potentially, you know, being young enough to, you know, after three or four years, if you rebuild the Illinois football program from the disaster that, that, that was put there by Ron Gunther and then, 
you know, you, you had happy Mike Thomas after that. And, and then, you know, even Josh's, you know, first go round was, was not as successful, at least wins and losses. If he's able to turn that, that program around, that would be about as good of a turnaround as you could probably, um, that'd be about as good as you could probably hope out of somebody. Um, and, and you could see where, you know, again, you get to guy who's, let's, let's say, roughly 50 years old, and, and, and I can see where a conference would look at that and say, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's use the experience and obviously the thoughtfulness that he has, and let's, let's put that out there for our whole conference. And maybe, maybe that's what a little bit of Illinois is kind of looking at, you know, just to, you know, like I said, the, the, the Phillips lesson. Well, I also think it might, you make a good point because let me just go in another direction. Like Josh is young enough to where there's no doubt in my mind, he could be the, the, I don't know if a founding partner, but he could definitely be a partner in some sort of law firm that gets started up say in Chicago where he's making similar bank. Um, yeah. If he wanted to get out of this line of work, um, he's got kids that are young enough that maybe he wants to go to little league games a little bit more and not have to worry with the daily grind of what, what this is. And it's, it's a daily grind now with everything you have to deal with in college athletics. I'm not, again, look at the salary structure of Josh Whitman. I'm not sympathizing for him at all because yeah. like, like Mike Bray just said this week, they are very well compensated and Josh Whitman's very well compensated with everything that he has to deal with now. But um, if he wanted, if he ever got just sick and tired of being the athletic director at Illinois on the daily grind of that, because it is a grind and just kind of maybe wanted to be, a partner at a law firm in Chicago. There are enough alums who have gone through the University of Illinois Law School program that Josh went through, by the way. Um, he could do that and he could yeah. probably make similar bank um, and pull down a similar salary. Um, this is the University of Illinois saying, you know, if that's ever a concern, we'd like to make sure that you're comfortably taken care of. And Mike, you've done this with your employees at, at various stops at different companies. Um, you just try to eliminate the idea of somebody saying, you know, I've kind of had enough of this, you know, and I don't think that there's ever been a lack of passion of Josh Whitman for this university, for this athletic department and for his alma mater. I'm not suggesting that, but it is a daily 365 year day, a year grind um, in his job. And people sometimes don't appreciate that. Yeah. This kind of a contract and this kind of compensation really just kind of allows Josh to be comfortable and his family to be comfortable because again, he's got a wife, he's got little ones. I think that they, they're, they're letting Josh know as long as the fundraising continues the way it is. And we're going to talk about that. And the, the facilities keep going up the way that they are. There's constant, constant construction going on, on campus at Illinois. Um, we think you're doing a pretty good job and we'd like to keep this going and, and, we'd like to keep you around. And I, I think that that's very, very comforting, not only for Josh, but um, that whole entire family. Yeah. And, and look, they put in the hours, they have the time, you know, that, that is, is requisite for doing this. And to be honest, in today's world of social media, abusiveness, et cetera, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, that, you know, while you're not going to, you know, maybe take it to heart, it's still got to be kind of annoying to, you know, turn, you know, go to Twitter and read that you're a moron or, or whatever's out there. And, and of course, when you have, you know, children, they get to go, they'll get to the age at some point where they get exposed to that or somebody at school shows them like, Oh, look at this on the phone. Your dad's an idiot. And, 
Um, and, and, you know, like I said, I, I think there's a lot of boundaries that are unfortunately crossed that weren't crossed in the old days because with social media, the biggest idiots sometimes have the biggest soapbox. And, and so I, I think a little bit of compensation for that is hard for me um, not to, you know, it's hard for me not to, to sympathize a little bit for what some of these people have to go through. So I, yeah, and I, I, again, I think, I think Josh, look, pe people should know this. Like I, I have, I have my things that, that I wish Josh would do better. Um, I, 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 from an access standpoint, selfishly as a media person, I wish Josh, I wish Josh did more things. I did, I wish Josh came out and would talk to us a little bit more. Like he's really, really good at it. I don't know why he doesn't like doing it. Um, or, or, or people around him restrict him from doing it, um, whichever the case may be. Um, he's really good at it. I, and, and I think uh, there have been some things where I, I kind of, you know, kind of raised my eyebrow and went, man, eh, I wouldn't have done that. You know, the, the, we can get into this later on, but there, there, there haven't been, it hasn't been a complete bed of roses for Josh and his tenure at the University of Illinois, let alone the worldwide pandemic he had to work through. Um, in a, you know, $100 million athletic budget, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars athletic budget that he had to work his way around. So um, I think that that went into a lot of the factoring too, Mike, is that he was able to basically maneuver Illinois through the worldwide pandemic. And financially, I still think Illinois is about as good as everybody else in the country, if not better. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I agree with that. And I think that if, if you're Chancellor Jones and you're the board, Okay, when you make these kind of situational moves, you know, your uh, you're, you're betting on something. It's a bet. You know, you're placing a bet, and I think that they feel good about the bet today, that, or at least this month, that they've put in in Josh Whitman because they think that that it'll, if it doesn't pay off better than it is now, at least they're going to get the same kind of results that they got before. And um, I think that this contract basically says, hey, we're good with that. You know, we're good with what you've been doing before, not only in, you know, revenue overall with the budget, not only with men's basketball, but also a lot of the facilities that you're doing in, in the quote unquote non-revenue sports here at Illinois. Yeah. So let's talk about the relative merits. You know, when I look at it, um, you know, there was a lot of people who thought he should have got rid of gross earlier. I could totally understand with the limited money that the Illinois Athletic Department had, particularly coming off of Mike Thomas, you know, I, I could totally understand why they, they didn't get rid of gross right away. Hits a home run with, with uh, Brad Underwood. I mean, you know, you got a guy three years now running um, that has the best record in the big 10. And, and, and to be honest, Illinois was probably at its lowest point since uh, Gene Bardo took over, you know, and yeah, can I back up though, Mike, I thought, um, and I, I don't know if you'll agree with me on this, but, I always encourage people to watch that press conference of when Josh, when John Gross got fired, because that was the moment to me that Josh Whitman won. He, he hit the home run then, because if you go watch that speech about, you know, it's been 10 years since we won a big 10 title. Yep. If, 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 if we keep this up and I'm not careful with this, it's going to be 30. And he had the foresight to not only think that way, but also express it to a fan base that had those thoughts. He won me a lot of, you know, on that press conference where it's, it's obviously not a great day for the University of Illinois when you're firing somebody. Um, 
John Gross, I thought from an effort standpoint, did the best he could. He just wasn't capable. Um, so that's never a good day. You know, you're not, you're not going to celebrate in the end zone when you fire somebody. The tone was right. And the, and the words were right. It was like Illinois fans were express were, were have already been expressing this, that God, is this going to be three decades of this stuff? Um, you know, or, or, or what are we going to do here? And then after that press conference, he did exactly what you said. He, came, he got off the plane with Brad Underwood and everybody was shocked. Not only everybody in Illinois or in the Champaign-Urbana area, Mike, but everybody nationally thought, oh, my God, Illinois just hired Brad Underwood. That was the – like, I remember, I remember getting a text from Matt Norlander at CBS going, I cannot believe Illinois pulled this off. I cannot believe this, along with some other expletives, because I, I love Matt to death. Um, but that was the sentiment uh, nationally, you know, was – it wasn't that they they underestimated Illinois as a basketball program. I really don't think it was. It was just Brad Underwood was, you know, it seemed like a Kansas Oklahoma guy, you know, and it wasn't like, and it, I think it was there was there was the combination of surprise of I didn't know Brad Underwood was on the market, and right. to the to the absolute uh, stupidity of Mike Mike Holden, I think the athletic director at Oklahoma State. Um, he was, and Josh Mertman made a very, very strategic move to make that happen immediately because, and did it in a way that I don't think anybody thought Brad Underwood was getting on that plane um, until like that day. I don't know. I don't remember. I just remember being shocked that Brad Underwood was getting off the, getting off that plane. Um, and so I think a lot, Josh Whitman, won, I mean, there's no doubt Josh Whitman won a lot of points on that day and it has translated into three years of basketball success without a doubt. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the keys again, is you, you know, people who've hired in the past, um, you know, you, you, you saw what happens when you hire without having some people in mind that are attainable, you know, when, when you are firing and you don't have somebody attainable is you, you like get, how Mike Thomas hired everybody. Well, yeah, or how Mike Thomas got hired, right? You know, yeah. I mean, ultimately, you know, if you don't know, if you don't have a darn good idea of who's replacing that coach, you probably shouldn't can them. That's not to justify whichever you know any coach we're talking about. Um, you know, so so he he really hit the home run with Underwood. Lovey Smith was a, was ultimately a, a win and loss failure. For Illinois, but I understood exactly. He was a he was a nice risk at a time that absolutely no one wanted to be the Illini coach. I mean, and you take a look if you take a look at past Illini coaches, their next jobs after Illinois, you got to go back to John Makovic. You know, for anybody to not this is like this is like the, when we were little kids. They always used to have Saturday morning cartoons, and there was always the elephant burial ground in the middle of the jungle that something would happen in and you know Tarzan or whoever the character was you'd be around all these bones well Illinois was where head coaches came to watch their career die and so you know now all of a sudden you know Lovey comes there hey he brings some cachet he was also you know in, in the light of today's world he was also the first African-American head football coach um I understood exactly why um, Whitman hired him and it didn't work. And we ended up with Brett Bielma. And, and I'm telling you, a lot of people 
including myself, weren't happy with that hire. But as you've seen him as a coach talk about what he's going to do and then turn plans into reality, it, you know, he looks like he's heading in the correct direction at least. So that gives you a lot of opportunities. I think, you know, he's kind of turning things around. And, you know, if you turn, I think you, you know, you wanted to kind of talk about this. If you turn the football revenue machine on in a P5 school, all of a sudden the whole world gets rosier. Duke is, okay, there's, Mike, I think there's 60 Power 5 conference schools. I truly believe Duke is probably the only one that goes, yeah, we'd love football to be good. And I know that like Kevin White, say, his, when he was the athletic director there and, um, you know, they made some football hires that made sense. Um, David Cutcliffe kind of yeah. had them going to bowl games every now and again. Um, that helped the revenue significantly. But they're okay. They've, they've created this brand with Duke basketball, especially with Coach K on that bench, that financially they're okay as a private institution if basketball is great and football is mediocre to bad. Right. They've figured it out. Um, they'd love for football to be great. I think 59 other schools, including Kansas, and Bill Self would be the first to tell you this because he's been through four athletic directors who three of them couldn't figure out football, and that's why they were terminated. Um, their, their first, second, and third thought every morning is, you know, how can we increase the revenue of football? Because just kind of trying to get everybody to understand, if you increase the revenue of football, guess what? The revenue of every, the money for everything else increases too. Yep. Like you cannot have a, a you, if you're going to grade an athletic department and Brad, and Brad, you know, Brad Underwood, Josh Whitman would be the first to tell you this. You cannot have an A athletic department if football's bad. You can't, yep. you cannot, it cannot happen. It, it, it just, it flat out cannot happen. Um, you can have an A athletic department if everything else is bad, trust me. And it's usually not the case, but if everything else is bad and football and, you know, and football is good, you can still have an A athletic department. If everything else is good and football is bad, your grade for your athletic department is not an A. And I think Duke is the only one that's brand wise figured that out. And Oh, by the way, Mike, I think we both agreed on this. Now that Kay is not on that bench, I do think that this new athletic director, Nina King, is going to have to figure out football at Duke because I don't think that they can bank on Duke basketball carrying the water, you know, especially as, as a Power 5 school anymore. I, I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if that's the way they're thinking. So um, I know that's hard for people to understand at the U of, that passionately love the U of I and will constantly tell me oh, it's a basketball school, it's a basketball school. I'm not necessarily telling you you're wrong. But I'm telling you that if you want Illinois to have some stroke in some of these decisions that are made conference-wise and region-wise, um, and state-wise, yep. football needs to be good because they go to Michigan's AD and they go to Michigan's chancellor first and they go to Gene Smith at Ohio State and the Ohio State president first to try to figure out stuff that they want to do league-wide. Um, and ESPN and and whoever the new network's going to be, whether it's Fox, CBS, Amazon Prime. Peacock. Yeah, they want to know what, you know, Michigan and Ohio State's doing because they want to put those games on. I'm telling you that with the state population being what it is and the alumni population all over the country at the University of Illinois, 
Um, Mike, you know this better than anybody, you know, selling Illini guys like you do. Um, if football is really, really good, there is a alumni base all over the United States of America that would make Illinois a very, very viable member of this conference if football was good. Um, in a way that it just doesn't happen at Iowa and Purdue, even if football's good there. So um, Josh Whitman knows that, Robert Jones knows that, and everybody on that board knows that. And so that goes into it. To get back to um, your point on Lovey Smith, Mike, again, this was way before I was on the Illinois beat. In fact, I know I was on the Auburn beat. I was sitting in a practice room when Lovey got hired. Yep. And I remember the, the, the now infamous tweet of Lovey Smith and Josh Whitman hire, holding up that laminated thing of paper with the hashtag, we will win, which has now been ridiculed every which way, but, you know, but um, on, on every message board, including ours, um, and, and was a hashtag that Illinois stopped doing about after year one of Lovey. Um, I would love to know if Josh Whitman, when he interviewed, I, I don't know this, and I'll never know this, and I don't think it's even appropriate for maybe me to ask this now. I'd love for Josh Whitman, if Josh Whitman walked into that interview for the athletic director job at Illinois with the binder and said, here's my plan for football. Oh, by the way, it starts with, I'm going to hire Lovey Smith. Because in every, every, con, every, every conversation I've had about this, um, Josh Whitman paved the way with this by calling Ron Turner and saying, would Lovey be interested in being our coach? And if he's not, can he tell me some guys that he thinks are really, really good coaches, maybe at the NFL level that would might be able to help us out, you know? Um, and immediately Ron Turner went, no, I think Lovey would be interested in that job. And so if you come to say, I remember it was that interim chancellor before Robert Jones got the job. If you come to her and then you come to the board and say, I'm not saying you should hire me because of this, because here's my binder of plans for basketball and facilities and all this. I'm sure he came fully prepared for everything other than this. But, oh, by the way, if you hire me, then the thing I'm, I've already got Lovey Smith in my back pocket. He'll be hired within a month. And you got to understand, Mike, that and remind people that Illinois football at that time was coming out of a unbelievable failure, wins and loss wise, by Tim Beckman and a scandal that rocked the program that, you know, Bill Cubitt was not going to be able to dig his way out of. And everybody in Illinois needed something to kind of cling to and feel like yeah. it was going to turn yeah. around. And I'm sorry, but hiring the guy who took the last coach who took the Bears to the Super Bowl was a big freaking deal at the University of Illinois. And because it, it reverberated all the way to me sitting in a, you know, football practice you know, meeting room in Auburn, Alabama, and sat there with my laptop and went, holy crap, Illinois just hired Lovey Smith. Um, so I, I've always said, I under, first of all, I understand how Josh can sit in a room with Lovey Smith and go, yep this guy can be the face of our football program and get us out of this ditch that Mike Thomas and Josh and, and Tim Beckman dug us in it. Cause it was a real big ditch all the way, almost to China. Um, and I, I also understand the people who are frustrated about why it didn't work, but at the time, I really think Josh thought it was going to work and wanted it to work. And um, the fact that it didn't, I don't know if it was a complete reflection on Josh Whitman, even though you add it to the equation. Um, but I, I, I think he did everything he could to get at least Illinois out of the, you know, being a punchline 
you know, on a exactly. punchline nationally, locally, and I'll just say it on WSCR 670 in Chicago, there was not a constant running gag about Illini football when even when they hired Lovey Smith. So um, I think Josh Whitman did a lot of things PR wise that were good by hiring Lovey Smith. And there's no doubt that the results on the field didn't resemble what everybody thought it was going to be. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the only other challenge probably that, that sticks out is of course um, over in coach Faye over in the basketball side for women uh, seems to have gotten a much higher upgrade, you know, with Shauna coming in um, and, and, you know, out of Dayton. I mean, the, you look at the record that they've had, I almost feel like we got like a, a, a female version of Underwood and Bielma, you know, kind of a, we're going to, we're going to go step by step and I've got an idea and we're going to break this thing down and put one foot in front of the other. And pretty soon we'll have a program here. Other so situation, I, Mike, where, I mean, when we talked about this, when Shauna got hired, I had a lot of concerns and I know that like Sturdy did too, about who the heck's going to take this job. Yep. You know, after it worked with Nancy and sure enough, a coach that has, you know, repeatedly won the Atlantic 10 conference, um, a, a real, a big boy basketball league who has ties to Illinois and, and wanted to live here, you know, wanted this job. And then let's not, I mean, I, I, I don't mean to like, you know, backtrack here. Okay. Lovey was a failure. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it, it was an understandable failure, but it was a failure. Okay. Yep. And he rebounded by hiring a guy that's literally won three big 10 championships and has NFL. Again, if the BLMA doesn't work, I think everybody has to look at this and go, well, I'm pretty sure that like, I kind of understood what the logic was here. There wasn't a whole lot of, you know, oh my God, like, what are we doing here? Like, right, and, right. And to his ever loving credit, if, if the, if, if the morning before that Penn State game in December of 2020, okay, if, if Lance Leipold is standing there, you know, shaking hands with Josh, with Josh Whitman, I think a lot of people would have gone, cool you hired the dude at buffalo and uw whitewater who just lost the mac title game by three touchdowns awesome like at the end of the day i mean people can can kind of shake their head and scratch scratch their head at the amount of money that brett bielema got annually to, to be the head coach here i'm sorry but like i i didn't think that josh whitman was going to do much better than that and he did and i think everybody kind of saw in year one at least in which everybody thought Illinois was going to be an abysmal failure, right. that, that it's not, it's not going to be that, you know, and, and I think a lot of people assume that Illinois is going to take a step back here in football this year. I have never been one of those people. Um, and so um, I think that when, when you, when you look at the resurgence that Brett Bielema has been able to put together, um, it meaning the staff that he hired, you know, with Ryan Walters and some of those other assistants that were just, kick you know kick your butt assistance george mcdonald coming back home yep retaining Corey patterson i could go on and on and on kevin kane um leaving a defensive coordinator job to not to be at a not be a coordinator and an assistant coach here um and then the, the repair job that he's done in state with high school coaches and high school players around the state of illinois um in the short amount of time during covid that he had to do it uh i think has been pretty admirable by brett bielema so Again, he's made two football hires. 
I believe this contract sets Josh up to possibly make a third football hire if the Brett Bielema thing goes awry and goes sour, um, which is, I guess, surprising based off of the results. Um, you don't really see athletic directors being able to make a third hire um, if the last two didn't go well. But, hey, we'll get to why maybe that's the case later on here. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the only confusing hire was Nancy Fay, and I understood it going through, forward because, you know, you talk about somebody who's won Division Three national championships. You know, again, I mentioned him before, but I know Lance Leipold personally. Uh, you know, when when Buffalo hired him of FC of FBS program out of Division Three UW Whitewater, they didn't know how it was going to go. You know, Mike. You know, and and so. He was gambling on Nancy Fay being able to have the same kind of coaching acumen and being able to learn on the job how to recruit at the Power Five level. That didn't happen. And I think we all kind of shook our head at that hire, but I got it. You know, it's, 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 and then he went and hired somebody in Shauna Green where you're like, whoa, I didn't even know that job was all that attractive. And I do think that it's going to take time for Shauna to rebuild this thing, but I think she's doing it. She's doing it slowly and she's doing it the right way. Yeah. And, and probably the two areas, I guess, that, that, that kind of intersect of his job performance, uh, you know, is the, the, the man has, you know, run a, an impressive um, organization in terms of fundraising. You know, now you talk about, you know, the number of alumni that both the University of Illinois Champaign has and, you know, even you get uh, the U of I system alumni um, in the state of Illinois when you add, you know, UIS and you add Chicago into that, you know, you're talking over sure. four, over 400,000 alum. Um, Whitman has, has put together a pretty darn impressive um, fundraising uh, apparatus, particularly when your football program has been down for so long. It's not that easy to do. And, and realistically, you know, we're not that far away from Brad Underwood resurrecting the basketball program. There was a period of time when Josh Whitman was here where they were both in the toilet mm -hmm. and he was able to hit fundraising goals. Trust me, folks, that's not easy. That's selling. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then, you know, kind of the crossroads on that was, you know, he was able to sell the hockey program to a certain point. And then recently was was you know made the decision not to go forward on that, as a very admittedly biased guy who doesn't care as much about the the um, non revenue sports, um, and and the fact that I watched hockey have a strike a few years ago that the collective American public didn't realize there was a strike. Um, I, I I'm like you know I don't want donors and my resources being funneled into hockey when football and basketball have a better return on investment and football is, is so bad and basketball is doing great, but let's give it a little more sea legs, so to speak. So can I, can I, can I interject here, Mike? Yeah. Um, I am of the belief that that had more to do with, and look, I, I am, you know, this about me. I am, I am a legit hockey fan. I'm, I'm on, on Twitter as a hockey fan. Um, I like the sport. I would have covered the heck out of it had it been here. Yep. That withstanding. I do believe that as a facilities guy, as Josh Whitman is, and we'll get into this really quickly, um, you know, probably next in the next segment. But 
I think that had more to do with, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I think that was an additional project, like pet baby project of Josh Whitman that just got out, he got out of it in front of his skis a little too much, in my personal opinion, which makes it a black mark on his resume. Mike, I think it has more to do with, and I still think this is a lingering problem for the U of I, with I need a facility for gymnastics, wrestling, volleyball, and if I'm going to do have this, you know, multi hundred million dollar facility in downtown Champaign, why not have a hockey program? We've got, you know, 50 kids that end up signing division one scholarships, you know, I don't say 50, but like 25, right. 30, 30 in-state kids sign division one hockey scholarships every year in the state of Illinois. Why not have a hockey program? I think it'd be pretty competitive here in the big 10. Um, if we're going to have that facility, I still think that's a lingering problem for Josh going forward. Now, as, as I, I, I don't think, Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think Huff Hall is viable going forward for much longer as a facility. And so I think that that was part of the project of how to, okay, look, if you're going to make, if you're going to try to tie the city of Champaign and major boosters together with, you know, hey, we need a facility, we need a new multi-million dollar facility for volleyball, wrestling, and gymnastics, Okay. Those are all important programs at the U of I. They don't have the cachet of, oh, by the way, it'll also house a hockey program that'll probably be on the Big Ten Network more times than all of those other sports combined. Um, let's do that. You know, and, 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 you know, I think that that's part of what, what was going on there. And I still think that's, a, that's, that's something that's in the back of Josh Whitman's mind of, boy, volleyball can't keep playing at Huff Hall here. You know, I mean – we all know when Huff Hall was built. Yep, um, yep. You know, gymnastics can't keep doing that. And by God, I think wrestling has figured out, like, we're going to use State Farm Center as many times as we can, like, for these dual meets and these Big Ten meets that we have. Um, because Huff Hall is just not a viable facility anymore. So um, I think that that was part of it, Mike. I think it was, it was trying to get a downtown arena, $100 million downtown arena, in San Pan Urbana. And I think it was just a better sell for that arena to say, okay, by the way, we're going to, we're going to birth a big 10 hockey program. And everybody right. kind of went, Oh yeah. Okay. That's cool. Like we can draw attendance for that, you know? And so that'll, that was part of it. I think, I really think that was a major part of it. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's, it, it that's an interesting one that we'll probably not, you know, we'll no, probably that, never know the whole story on that, but you know, again, there's, Here's two different looks. You know, I tend to look at it as thank God we didn't do it. And right. and you're looking at it maybe a little more holistically from a non-revenue standpoint, which again is is admittedly one of my biases. Um, that you know, I'm all for let's give Coach B and Coach Underwood another five years to fill the coffers up and really run this thing up the flagpole and then maybe see what kind of um, stadium you can get when you have the the leverage that's a little bit sure, stronger yeah. but again no, I, I, know, I, get we'll that. I think that's in that, along with the worldwide pandemic like I am convinced the hockey program happens if the pandemic didn't hit us you know so um, it's a black mark on Josh because he showed the car and didn't let anybody drive it but here and there uh, the facilities wise Mike there's no there's I mean, that is why Josh Whitman's getting this contract. I mean, it's a huge portion of why they're getting this contract, why he's been successful. You said it yourself. When 
Tim Beckman was the football coach and John Gross was the basketball coach. He was able to get, you know, multi-million dollars of fundraising and, and facilities, you know, and that's, that's not something anybody thought was possible. <laughs> not when the program right. in the dumper like that. So um, what's going on at Ubbin is very, very exciting. That's all on Whitman. I have been in the new baseball facility. It, ha- it will not open until June, but that's going to be a really good thing. Um, it's a non-revenue sport. And I don't think, I, I, I mean, I know him pretty well. I don't think Mike Small was going anywhere as the men's golf coach, but the facilities upgrade for men's golf has turned Mike Small's program into a viable national championship contender in a cold weather state, um, which I didn't think, any, I don't think 15 years ago, anybody, anybody thought was going to be possible um, for that sport, you know, in a cold weather state. Um, the Demersion Indoor Golf Facility, the, the indoor pods that, um, that they have to practice in, that has changed the dynamic of what could possibly be Illinois' first national championship program. Um, I do think, you know, the, the Demersion Park over for soccer and track has allowed Illinois to host Big Ten championships, which creates revenue um, for the school. Yep. That's been a big deal. Um, and so all of these sports are getting upgrades. And, oh, I haven't even, I even mentioned the $80 million Smith Center for football which, I mean, let's just be honest, in terms of recruiting, in terms of everything that Bielema is trying to build now as, as rebuilding the Atlanta, that's a game changer. It's an absolute game changer. And ask anybody, they will tell you it is an absolute game changer for a lot of different elements of trying to rebuild that football program. Um, so that had to happen. Um, and, and all of those things have been put together by Whitman because he's been able to put the funds together. I think what was it, Mike, the release that kind of put out there? I think that they're, are they not, I think it's 30, is it 32 or $34 million to the $40 million goal for Ubbin? And trust me, they're going to get there. I mean, yeah. to even be that far, you know, into the, pro, into the fundraising of that project is pretty remarkable, especially coming out of the pandemic that we're in. So um, I think that everything, everything dollars and cents wise has been positive. And then when everything dollars and cents wise is good in your athletic department, guess what you see? You see a whole bunch of Caterpillar and Komatsu, you know, uh, ground diggers out there doing construction. And when you see that, everybody kind of in their head goes progress. And you've seen a lot of that around Illinois, a whole bunch in these last five, six years under Josh Whitman. And I think it's been a big reason why this contract extension is happening. Yeah. Sorry, and, and yeah, they're, they're at 31 point. Three million. Thirty-two uh, million dollars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for their forty million dollar uh, oven uh, renewal project, and I think, I think the key here is, you know, and and people uh, didn't know me because I wasn't in the media, and I'm kind of sure. not now. I'm kind of the fan guy, but I was uh, a horrible critic of Ron Gunther. He couldn't win in football. He he repeatedly picked coaches that literally the day they were announced, you're like, well, this guy's never going to win at Illinois. Why'd we hire him? Right. Um, he was, he was definitely uh, solid with basketball until, until he came up with, you know, um, you know, I mean, Weber was a good coach, but anybody who had been around the basketball scene knew he was going to struggle with the recruiting component and, and John Gross, you know, once you understood how uh, Thad Mata and, uh, you know, put together that class that of Odin, Conley, and, and, and people that, that in name they were accredited 
to John Gross as being the lead recruiter, yet Thad Mata closed the deal on all of them. Um, you got a guy who was not very good at X's and O's and wasn't very good at recruiting. And you saw what that did at a program like Illinois, because I do think you can kind of do one or the other. And Illinois has a name that's good enough to kind of keep you afloat. Um, but man, when you, when you can't do either, you know, and, and like I said, Ron Gunther to me, almost destroyed the program in football over his 20 years to be sub 400 and be there for more than, you know, um, to, to be there for, for over two decades is mind boggling to me. To, um, to your point, I went to this, this couple of couple, what now seems like a almost two months ago, Mike, you sent me to Rantoul for the yep. Lon, Lon Kruger, Bill Self, you know, uh, Brad Underwood coaches versus cancer thing. Okay. Yep. Uh, I know we talked about it that night when, when we did the podcast about it, right. Uh, Bill self took a tour around the university of Illinois. And what did he think? He thought, okay, so everything I asked Ron Gunther for, you're finally doing cool. Like, so to your point, like Bill self asked for this stuff 15 years ago and it didn't happen because yep. nobody at Illinois thought it was quote unquote needed. And I think one of the things that Josh Whitman does that the board appreciates, Chancellor Jones appreciates, and I think Illinois fans should really appreciate is having the forethought to be able to put something in place and put something in motion that everybody just goes, wow, I didn't think that was needed, but boy, wouldn't that be neat if that thing happened, you know, or, or how much better would the program be if we had that, you know? And so we don't get to a point where, you know, your roof is leaking. And so therefore you decide to replace your roof. You know, Whitman decides there's a forethought there of wouldn't the program be better if we had this, like, and let me see if I can't, you know, fundraise some of the money that gets you, gets this project on on, up off the ground. Um, Ron Gunther seemed to be very stuck in, well, we don't need that. We're Illinois. We don't need that, you know? And, and I think that a lot of athletic directors get stuck in that. And I think Josh Whitman has a lot of forethought, which is why, again, his bosses are banking and betting on him with this contract extension that this is going to continue, that there's going to be some forethought in, okay, what's the next thing that, you know, I I need to come up with before it becomes an issue. It's almost like, you know, I don't know if you feel this way and correct me if I'm wrong, but like the oven construction, oven was a fine practice facility but let's upgrade it. So it's, you know, one of the nicest ones in the big 10. So we don't have to worry about our head coach saying, why don't I have something nice like that? You know uh, you know, you talk about the baseball facility. He didn't want the baseball facility to have to use the football indoor building anymore, you know? And so let's build them their own thing. So um, you know, and he had the forethought to go, you know what, like we might have one of the best golf coaches in the country. Um I don't care that we're a cold weather state. Like what if we put together, you know, a facilities package where they could be nationally competitive? Is that possible? And then when the answer comes back, yes, it's possible. Then it seems like Josh Whitman goes about in his head going, okay, now you've told me it's possible. How can I go get it done? And that's, that's kind of how the, how everything has kind of happened construction wise and facilities wise and fundraising wise at Illinois. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it, I think it needs to, 
you know, about the only thing I think, you know, that would be good for the basketball team would be to have a weight room over at the State Farm Center. And I think he'll have probably brought that program up to up to total snuff. Um, and not that it's not that it's bad, but but that would be probably the last thing where, you know, as you're a player, you don't want to have to go. You know, I know it's not a long walk, but Illinois gets cold and you got to go out to the car and drive down to down to oven and and you know from the state farm center if you practice there um and and what do you think's next then now that we've got you know it looks like it looks like now we don't know for sure but it looks like they've got a football coach in place it looks like we've got a men's basketball coach who's you know hitting on all cylinders it looks like we've got a women's basketball coach that um certainly uh, has both the potential and the resume at big schools to expect that she's going to have a good sh a shot at success. What's next? What, what world does Josh Whitman conquer next? I, I, again, I said it before and I'll say it again. I, I don't know if in, we're now into the 2020s. I don't know if Huff Hall is a viable building, you know, to be doing what they're doing in. I mean, uh, you know, the whiz kids were playing in Huff Hall. Yep. You know, basketball wise. And I know they're not using Huff Hall for basketball anymore, but um, that's an historic landmark building that doesn't necessarily have to be torn down. But I don't know if a volleyball program that you think with Chris Thomas, who, by the way, Josh Whitman also hired, right. um, is I don't think you're, you're thinking about winning national championships if you're playing in Huff Hall. Um, I, I, I do think there needs to be a facility there. I don't know if it's a downtown facility in Champaign anymore. I, I think you could figure something else out that's more up to date. Um, I know it's a non-revenue sport, but it is a it is a popular sport when you know Illinois was going to Final Fours and making the national tournament. Um, so there's that. I, I I I I just I think there there has to be a thought process there of upgrading that. Um, Mike, the next thing is. It, and it better be, is, uh, okay, and, and I think they've done a great job, and we've had Cam Cox on our on our site and on, on the Eye of Illini and on our, on our radio show, the NLI director over at the University of Illinois. Yep. Um, the next thought, Mike, and I don't know if you disagree or agree with me, Whitman's got to figure out, okay, how do we lock down how we're handling name, image, and likeness? And what I mean by that is I've done the three part, like, look, you're going to see the three part series that I've had on this NCAA guidance. Okay. Yep. Um, that doesn't need to be in Josh Whitman's thought, but what does need to be in his thought is how do we balance? Cause this is a thought that every athletic director needs to have because Mike, as you know, 10 years ago, all of that money, all of that booster money was going toward coaches and facilities and everything because it wasn't going toward the players. So now I think the next thing for Josh Whitman to figure out is, okay, so now part of this money is now going to the help. It's now going to the workforce. It's going to the players. And that money, I think a lot of people think about it like, well, that could have been going toward, you know, revenue fundraising for other things because it was 10 years ago. So how does Josh Whitman balance as a fundraiser and as an administrator being able to keep up the facilities and keep everybody happy with what they have with some of that money now going, and I, I would say rightfully so, but we don't need to have that argument, rightfully so going to the employees, going to the help, going to the talent, you know? And so I hate to say it, but I, I think 
game imaging like this has to be the next, the first, second, and maybe third thing on Josh Whitman's mind of how do we, how do we continue this success we're having, you know, on the, you know, financial spreadsheet and in the and from a facility standpoint, while also making sure that our university is very, very viable when it comes to being attractive for our athletes and, and you know, name, image, and likeness dollars. Yeah, and, and I tend to think of that from a sales standpoint. To me, that's that's two different um, that's two different uh, ways to sell that. And I think you can think you can you might even market that to different people depending on them. I, I, I would I would guess that the the neat thing about the name image likeness is if somebody is is donating and, and their business is doing you know things with the Illini. And, and, and that way, it's a little bit of a passion buy. And I think you end up getting, um, you end up getting some dollars there, but you also, you know, get people who are awfully, awfully engaged in um, the team. And I think that makes it maybe a little bit more likely that they would be willing to to go on both sides of it. And I know that, that that's obviously, you know, the, the one thing I've looked at University of Illinois is, 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 you know, the way Ron Gunther, you know, kind of did things was he went to the same people time and time again. So if you look at some of the donor pools and stuff, it seems like, you know, descriptions that are told to me, it seems like Illinois is kind of like, you ever see those, 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 uh, uh, you know, little, short films where somebody walks into a mud puddle and they sink all the way there they just disappear right. well that's what happens when you mine the same people over and over and what i think illinois needs to do is now expand that because the alumni base you know they're 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 in the top i don't know like 12th biggest alumni base in the country and so you need to you need to go make that instead of a mud puddle that's infinitely deep you need to make that a, a river that's that's wide and it doesn't have to be as deep although they're still going to be deep sections of it and and that's where i think um a coordinated effort between you know iFund, nil alumni um could really do something for illinois i'm not certain that they've got anybody there you know that that has the the vision to see that because Lord knows I haven't been able to sell that image very well, but, but I think you've got an opportunity to really, that, that's what Michigan does. You know, that, that's why Michigan stays on top. That's why Ohio state stay on top because they've got everybody from, you know, the guy who's just going and he, you know, he gets, he gets the, the most affordable ticket package he can manage and puts down, you know, $500 donation all the way to the guy who's bankrolling, you know, NIL to the tune of, you know, five or six figures. And, and I think that just takes time to build. And Ohio State has been good in both sports. You know, they, haven't, they may not be great in both sports, but they've been good in the two big revenue sports as long as I've been alive. And that's 55 years. So mm -hmm. th that's a long time that you get people doing that. And, you know, if you want to Google something that's pretty impressive, you just look at, at you know, Google, um, you know, uh, Illinois alumni who are billionaires. You know, Illinois has a lot of guys, you know, it, it, who have founded businesses, utilized their own intelligence and their own drive, coupled with what they learned at the University of Illinois. 
to, to build massive businesses, whether it's Silicon Valley, whether it's in broadcasting. And, and you really need the right visionary salesperson to get with them because there is an untapped wealth there. Um, and some of it will be a sale that is a passion. You know, sure. it's like, hey, this is where you went. You know, when you go to when you go to this, that and the other functions in life, don't you want to be able to have be able to point at your team and say, yeah, not only is that my team, but I help make it happen. Right. And that's that's the thing, like what you're saying. I completely agree. Like there's I don't want to call it a lazy argument, but there's a knee jerk argument every time Illinois needs something. Well, let's just call Tony and Shad Khan. Right. Let's, yeah, it's got and it's got to be. God bless let's Tony. Demer- and- let's call the demersions and see if they'll donate some more money. Like, yep. It, that's, I mean, I don't want to call it a lazy opinion, but it's always the knee jerk opinion of Illinois. Well, like those, like those are the only billionaires that have ever come out of the business school at the university of Illinois. Right. Like that's yeah. not, not true. I mean, not to give out our, not to give out us here at Illini guys, but you know, we have silent partners here that are pretty darn successful in what they've done, you know, as university of Illinois graduates, you know, yep. so um no but I, I think Whitman to your point Mike I think Whitman you would agree maybe is the first athletic director who's gone hey there are multiple branches here where I can pick money off and make it a viable you know you know business plan for these people you know a viable tax write-off for these people I have no idea I have no doubt that Josh Whitman has figured out that let's just be honest there's a lot of people I'm sure there, there are a lot of, you know, multimillionaires, maybe even billionaires that have a whole bunch of cryptocurrency money that they need to get rid of. Let's just be honest about it. We yeah. really want to go down this rabbit hole, Mike. And Josh Whitman's figured out, hey, why don't you funnel that cryptocurrency money over here, you know, so it can be a tax write-off for you, you know, and there are a lot of people like that. It's not just Tony and it's not just Shad and Tony Khan and the Demersion family, you know, um, there are a lot of people that Josh has figured out how to, how to, how to be uh, wonderful donators, not only of the I fund and, and for projects, facility projects at Illinois, but now also for people like the Illini guardians, if they want to, if they want to put that money towards say these, the athletes at Illinois, you know, and that's, that's becoming a viable project as well. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll flip it on you, Mike, is there anything that I'm missing that you think is, is, is the next step for, not only for Illinois, but for maybe for Josh, now that he has some security here till 2028. No, I think you're, I think you look at the, you're, you're, you may have to, I'll be honest with you. You may have to rearrange the athletic department a little bit because the NIL, you know, you've got Cam Cox there as a director, but you may need to look at the, um, you may need to look at what, what services, um, you know, and, and what are being done, he may, you may need to beef up that part of the athletic department because, you know, you're, you're going to want to make sure that, that they do a good job. Um, and, and, and like I said, the other thing is, is you're walking a really, really fine line here as to, you know, Illinois has a bill that says you can indirectly control something, but you got to balance with whatever the hell the NCAA is going to decide a year from now. Right. And, and so you got to figure that out. And, and to be honest with you, you also don't want to handcuff, you know, the, the, you know, talking to Adam and, and some of the guys who run Illini guardians, these are really smart people. Mm-hmm. And, and so sometimes you got to just get the heck out of the way and let them operate, you know, based on bumpers on the, you know, on the edge of the, 
on the edge of the bowling lane, but you kind of got to let them operate. And, and like I said, you get it. What does the athletic department of the future look like? Josh is a pretty forward thinking guy. I haven't had, you know, a, a boatload of conversations with him, but I've had a couple and, and I, I would, that would be one of the first things that I would be looking at is could, what could I do to, um, you know, make my athletic department be the athletic department of 2030, not the athletic department of 1992. Right. You know, and, and I think that, I think that it be, being right on that would be huge. Um, and, and, and also like, like, for example, you know, I, 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 there's a part of me that says, you take people who are doing, you know, a, a public relations uh, degree or, or something like that. You get kids doing that and you let them run the Twitter and the um, uh, social media for the for the players because the players get just beat up by Illini fans and trolls and everybody. I don't know that it's healthy for them to be on there. Maybe you pay some kid that, you know, that he he can he or she can call up the athlete and say is your favorite color blue you know do you like papa dells and and, right. and maybe you know maybe keep them at least during the season right when when people's tempers are at the highest um you know keep them out of that i, I don't know but there's a lot of I things that, that you could do in the future this isn't a sexy thing but i think this is this is just gonna happen um but i i do think every power five conference school within the next two years to 36 months is going to have, if not one, but multiple tax attorneys in their NLI department and their athletic department. Like, and the reason for that is, is that it just makes it easier for these kids to get their taxes done on this money that they're going to, that, you know, they're going to earn via NIL. And cause right now, I think that's a major concern right now is that it's a new revenue source and trust me, anybody that's ever freelanced, like I have, you know, taxes are a pain in the rear. Like I'm 37 and taxes are a pain in the rear as a quote unquote freelancer. Um, I've done that world before. Um, these kids are freelancers. That's yep. how they're going to file their taxes. And it's a pain in the rear. And um, you have to have somebody with expertise that's going to be able to at least give them expertise to say, hey, no, no, no hold some of that money back because you're going to be giving it to Uncle Sam, trust me. Um, so I, I think that's going to be a big part of it. It's not sexy, but I think it's going to be very helpful for kids. And I think they're, I think the 22 year olds are, you know, when they graduate are going to be very appreciative that that was there when, you know, when they start getting some of this NIL money. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I do think it's a, a boon and maybe a benefit. I don't know. I want I would love to get your take on this, Mike, is that, he doesn't get credit for this necessarily, but I think everything that Josh Whitman wants to think about what's next, I think it's a boon for him that he doesn't have to think about, you know, a, a, a basketball facility, like a, a arena for basketball. I, I do think the renovation to State Farm took a building that was built in 1963 and made it viable for, for in 2040. I do right. think that. I do. I do think that I think that's a major weight off of Josh Whitman's shoulders that he can go forward with and say, yeah, I know it doesn't have the weight room, but I, you know what? It could easily have it if they really wanted to have it. Um, but even if it doesn't, 
Um, it's a building that was built in 1963 that has nostalgic for people that are like, say, my dad's age. Um, Old it's people. Also, well, it's also a, but it's also a functional building that still looks cool for people that are younger than me, and I'm 37. So I think that that's, that's something that is a weight off of Josh Whitman's shoulders. And I think that that's, that's a big deal. That's an absolute big deal because I do think that there's a lot of, um, you look around the Big Ten, you know, um, that's a big project that has to be done. I remember when Wisconsin, you know, transitioned from the barn to the coal center. Um, right. That was a big deal for their athletic department. Um, and it was a real big financing pain in the rear. Um, that doesn't have to happen anymore at Illinois, I don't think. I think that that building will stand there for a pretty long period of time. Yeah, no, and, and I think I think the, the other key is is that, that I, I think you have to be thinking about is, and I know there's a little bit of an assumption here, so, but, but you really need to be thinking about if we, if they real if the big 10 really does get a program, you know, a, a deal with the, um, for their, for their TV and streaming rights, it comes in at the, you know, hundred million dollar level, you know, what are your fundraising goals? And then, um, you know, how do you utilize this, this money uh, in a way that's going to, that's going to, you know, keep you competitive because it is a windfall. Um, but again, you know, there, there's, there's always the point of, uh, you know, diminishing returns, you know, when I sit down to eat a pizza, the, okay, so that's not a good example, but if, if somebody's sitting down and having a, you know, a, a 30 ounce steak, that last bite, you know, the, to pack that last of the 30 ounces down along with your baked potato, your, your uh, salad, the rolls, uh, and, and, the, and the, the sauteed mushrooms, you know, that last bite isn't nearly as satisfying as that first one. And so, you know, having a, a endless amount of money gives you that ability to um, maybe not watch and analyze how you're spending your money. And that's where I think Josh Whitman, you know, with his attention to detail, you know, you talk to Cam Cox, you know, the, the smart guy. And so if you can say, hey, you know, even though we have this money, we're going to spend it like it's ours for this program. I think you can get some results there that will will warp you past some of the people who are just like, you know, um, every, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just go ridiculous here. Every administrative assistant needs a needs a copy machine at their desk. You know what I mean? Where you just kind of you kind of throw away money. And and I think. Again, this is one of those things. If he has a clear vision of what the organization of tomorrow looks like, you can rapidly transition to that while everybody else is trying to figure it out. And, and you can use, you know, a cutting edge organization, people with the right skill sets to support that. And then you can win the battles. A lot of that I see done um, in football with the Patriots. You know, the Patriots, you know, have basically they've got scouting down to an art where they're probably decades ahead of other people. They actually look at their at their position and they say, OK, you know what, this guy has to if we have an outside linebacker, he's got to run a, as long as he can run a four eight. We don't care if he can run a four four uh, as long as, you know, he can do, you know, he's strong enough to do this or that and he can do his his cone times his X. You know, they, they seem to know exactly what they need for success 
and then they they get it and they also realize that you know don't overpay etc and i think that's kind of where where you know when this if this windfall and it looks like it's going to happen where literally the big 10 is going to have you know the big 10 teams going to have maybe 30 to 50 million dollars more annually than their sec counterpart um how do you win with that and and that's when you have to be actually more disciplined instead of less and i i think and, and again like i said I got a lot of faith in Josh and, and, you know, people who knew me 20 years ago and 30 years ago, when they had to hear me talking about what Ron Gunther was doing, they, they can't believe that I like an AD. Um, no, yeah, that's true. And like, I would say this um, to your point, and I don't know if this is what you're getting at though, Mike, but I've always heard it like this. I think the goal of an athletic department always should be to break even at zero, meaning the goal, you always hear those Forbes stuff about how, you know, the University of Texas made $25 million in profit. And Mike, I always looked at that and went, why aren't they spending that 25 million? You know, why are they pocketing it? Like, what are they saving it for? You know? And so I've always thought the best financial academic year you could have is everybody, if, if everybody, if it ended up at the end of the year in June, where it's like, our balance was zero dollars and zero cents because that means we're we're spending what we're what we need to spend and we're you know getting all the revenue that we need um but to your point but that doesn't mean you need to spend it just to spend it you need to like look into what we're spending it on and how that could translate into wins compared to losses exactly what you're saying and i and i think that this is a conversation that i hope that happens let's say if that next big 10 network Everybody keeps talking about the Big Ten Network football contract or like not the Big Ten Network, but the Big Ten Conference television contract that's coming up, whether it's with Fox, again, with Amazon Prime, Peacock, whatever it is, um, it's going to be, I think, the largest college football television contract in history. Um, I think it's going to be bigger than what Disney paid for at the SEC to get them away from CBS. I do. I really oh, do. Oh, uh, clearly, clearly. So if that's the case guess what's going to happen? I think that there, there will be a conversation that happens potentially with Josh Whitman and where he sits Brett Bielema down and says, Brett, put together a presentation to show me whether when I, if, if, and when I were to give you say five more analysts, you know, off field analysts, how would you use that, you know, in a 12 month period, you know, to make us a better football program? You know, don't just tell me, well, Alabama has 17 analysts. So if we get five more, we'll just be better. Put together a presentation that shows me what those people are going to do and how it will make everything better um, in your overall structure to have those five analysts. You know, just like Brett Bielema put together a presentation that says, hey, Josh, um, we're not exactly at the 115 limit for rosters. Could we get could you budget me, you know, the full limit? so that I can go maybe put together a walk-on program like I did at Wisconsin. Um, and that happened. It happened immediately. And Josh was like, yeah, I think we can, we got that in the budget. That works. That makes sense. Um, so those are the, those are the conversations that, that I think are happening. I think, um, you know, it, it would be no different than say, you know, Brad Underwood coming to him and saying, Hey, look, I think, you know, having maybe these off the court analysts or coaches or whatever, you know, I think that's where the sport is headed. And I think that we can make sure that that'll work or, or, or whatever it is, you know, or, you know, if I give, if you give me more money, you know, 
it would it would be increasing our recruiting budget. So it allows us to go, you know, I don't need, I don't know if Brad would ever think this way, but like I don't need Chester, Jeff, and Tim all on the sideline for a game. You know, they can head to somewhere and go watch a kid play if they need to go watch a kid play that night. Um, that that could be part of our budget. I, I, I'm thinking probably in smaller terms that's probably not even out there, but I do think there's a conversation with these major sports that Whitman's going to have that says, hey, we're not just going to pocket this money for profit. You know, put together a presentation on what you think this money could go towards to make you a better, you know, football program or a basketball program. Um, and then if I like the presentation, we'll go through, you know, we'll get that put in place. You know, that's the kind of conversations that I think are going to be having immediate women's going to be having immediately after this big 10 conference immediately after, you know, the big 10 starts getting these television dollars that are going yeah. to be, you know, wherever uh, you know coming it, from. it's a study in organizational design and it's mm -hmm. also a, a, a study in a little bit of futurism. You know, you got to be able you know, like if, if you go into the uh, movies and in the comic books, you know, that's what Tony Starks, they, they didn't want him to be the smartest guy because that was Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four. So, uh, and so what they did is they had uh, Tony Stark's a futurist. He sees the future better than other yeah. people do. So I don't know if that's a difference in intelligence. It was, it was a nice writing tool, but that's kind of what you need to have is somebody who's going to take a look at the future thing. And that was, that was kind of always the thing that I saw, even, even as a kid, when I was mowing the lawn in Muhammad, trying to get done as fast as I could so I could get to Champaign to, to you know, go to the Illini football game. And I would listen to Lauren on the radio, and it might have even been pre-Turpin, you know, but I can't remember, but I, I listened to okay. Lauren on the radio, and I'm like, why isn't this program across the state? And yeah. that, that thought is why we have the Atlanta guys sports spectacular, you know, and, right. and not that I'm a genius or anything, but, no. you know, I was thinking syndicated radio before Howard Stern was able to pull it off. I was just 16 and an idiot. So what did I know about that? You know what I mean? But to me, it was like, and so I think you need people. And, and like I said, Whitman obviously is, is good at thinking about that, but you've got to kind of understand the pieces and maybe get an idea of where they can fit. And, and again, you know, like you said, maybe, maybe, and, and I'll tell you what, Bielma is, shocks me with his ability to plan and how he, he puts thoughtfulness and mindfulness into everything that he does. And so when he talks about, well, we need this, that, and the other thing, I would guess that if, if you told him, I, I, you'll get three more analysts, he could tell you what those three would do. And if you told him five more, he could define out the other two people because he's probably actually thought about it. Um, that that's just kind of the way he seems to operate and um, you know though that that you know time to think about that and and, and you know Underwood probably with the with the way the transfer portal and and uh, NIL has hit basketball I don't know if anybody in basketball has time to think about tomorrow no. when they're trying to figure out what today is but but my suspicion is you get two coaches of that, that caliber. They probably got some ideas of what they'd like to do next and, and vetting those ideas and then putting them in place is really critical. And they may have the resources to do so. Um, and, and then the other part is, is, is Josh may listen to a plan and say, yeah, that's, that's, that's nice, but 
that we're not going to spend money on that, you know, I mean, and, and you have, right. and, no, that's true. And I also think at the end of the, let's wrap this up with the last thing I think this contract extension does, Mike, as silly as it sounds, it gives Josh Whitman more tenure at the university of Illinois. And I don't yeah. mean tenure, like in the academia standpoint that what tenure means, I mean, when Josh goes, you know, into those big 10 athletic director meetings, He's got a little bit more pull in that 10th year than he had, you know, in 2018 or 2017 when he was a first year AD. You know what I mean? Like, yep. he, he just has a little bit more stroke. He has a little bit more pull. And I, I'm looking at it like if the, you know, in 2026, Josh Whitman will be in his 10th year as the athletic director. Right. So when they sit down and Josh goes, look, I've been I've been in this job for 10 years. Are you seriously going to keep giving me Thursday and Friday night football games? where 25,000 people in town are going to show up at my stadium. I know we're doing this for TV, but stick, stop sticking me with those darn games. That's going to have a lot of more stroke than first year Josh Whitman being able to maybe make that complaint. And they'll go like, and, and there's going to be a whole bunch of people like Gary Barta, for instance, at Iowa would have probably rolled his eyes and gone, look, Josh, like that's a 10 year argument to be making, you know, like that's not a first year argument to be making. And again, that has a lot to do with football being good because then you say can, it's a, you suck argument too. To right. Be, yeah. To it's frank. also that. Yeah. It's also, Hey, you're not very good. So shut the hell up argument. Yeah. Right. But if football gets a little bit better and then Josh goes, Hey, stop. I got a, I got a nationwide of alums here that, you know, will will fill up your ratings book on Saturday at noon too. Trust me. Um, stop sticking me with this Friday night, big 10 network stuff, you know, um, especially at home, you know, that, that has a lot of pull, you know, but and, that, and, but that, that also, is, and, and then we do need to wrap up here. That yeah. also goes to Bielma's ability to sell because, sure. you know, Bielma will talk about, well, you know, that, that means we don't have to compete with Ohio state and Michigan for eyes on Saturday. So it's a win for the Illini. And, and I'll be honest with you that, that was what the whole, that was look, when I was in sales and I was hiring people, I wanted the one person out of a hundred who could tell me how they were going to get it done. Not the 99 people who could list all the ways that it's too hard to do. And sure. that is where Brett Bielma, you know, does things. Brad Underwood is the same way. Hey, you lost your whole coaching staff. Oh, well, they're great guys. We'll get new ones, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and I think, I think that's where ultimately Whitman has kind of figured it out is he knows and it takes you some time. Look, you know, I, I hired people, you know, from 97 to 2012. And there were there were some there were a few bad ones, but the but it happened earlier more often than later. And and so I think he's got his sea legs now and he knows what he wants. And sometimes you you have a hard time articulating what you want in somebody, but you know what it is when you see it in front of you. And I think that's yeah. huge. There's something that is secure about the University of Illinois Athletic Department when you have a licensed attorney um, who is your athletic director because contracts are a big deal. And just having that in your back pocket is a huge deal from a negotiating standpoint. All of, I can keep going. Yep. And then you have a, mark, a guy with a marketing degree as your head football coach. I'm sorry, but like that's 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 Brett Bielema's best thing, man, like is his ability to sell and market the program. Um, and so that's exactly what you're saying. And I, I agree. I think that there are a lot of there are a lot of things that I, I think, again, Robert Jones and the board and Timothy Colleen have um, 
to be happy about in terms of Illinois athletics right now in, in, in 2022 um, and going forward. And that's why that Josh Whitman's getting this extension. Yep. So thanks for your time, Matt. And folks, we went a little longer, but there was, there was a lot of meat in this and, and really a, a lot of Illinois wins on the football, basketball, baseball fields, you know, courts, whatever you want to say. A lot of those wins are, are won in decisions that were, are made, you know, um, with some intent and with, with some mindfulness that come out of the athletic department, uh, out of the AD. And so while he can't go out and win games, he can put people in a position to have success. And I think that's what Josh Whitman has done well. And again, people who've known me for most of my life, they heard me say that about Neil Stoner. They didn't hear me say that about Ron Gunther. And they certainly didn't hear me say that about Mike Thomas. And now all of a sudden, people who knew me from 92 to, you know, up until when Josh started six years ago, you know, they're like, they're wondering what happened to me. But, you know, you can see the seeds of success are being planted. So I think Illinois is in a pretty good place. Speaking of the seeds of success and, and keeping track of Illinois, IlliniGuys.com is the best place to do that. We've got the Uber Insider. That's Brad Sturdy. You want to know about what's going on with Illini Sports, Brad Sturdy, Ked, Matt Stevens. They cover it like a blanket. You want to be on our site. $99 a year. You get a free one-week trial period. Please, you don't get charged until day seven. Go ahead, give us a try. I think you'll be extremely happy. And I'm telling you, if you're going to do it, the next three weeks are going to be big times because there's still some people that Illinois is going to get on the basketball court that are going to make a big difference next year. And you can find out about it maybe and understand some of the thoughts and maybe get a little tip here or there on what might happen before it does. So do that. The other thing is, is if you've enjoyed this podcast, we have a much tighter format for the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. That's when you get an Illini Guy, Larry Smith, along with uh, Brad Sturdy and myself. We get on, host a two-hour sports extravaganza. Matt's on, Ked's on. We get guests. You know, last week we talked to Mike Small. We talked to Adelia from the basketball team. Um, we've always got somebody talking to us about what's going on with Illini Sports. There's a lot of good things on there. We review movies so you can kind of understand which of the popcorn movies you want to go to. If you need a re uh, movie review about a movie that has emotional heft and really touches the soul, we're probably not the show for you. But if you want to have a movie review on what Dr. Strange is up to, we're the place to go to. Um, and of course, you can listen to our other podcast, Sturdy for 30, which is Brad's award-winning uh, podcast. And of course, you have Keds Recruiting Roundup, which is one of the most unique uh, podcasts out there. It is a lot of fun, and you should definitely listen to it because you can hear recruiting from the other side of the um, the other side, you know, from the players' side, from the side of the coaches, and that is a totally unique thing. I'm talking the coaches of the players being recruited and their parents. So uh, you definitely want to listen to those. And of course, uh, whether you live in Champaign or Chicago, halfway across the United States or halfway across the world, IlliniGuys.com keeps you 
in the know. Thank you very much. And we will talk to you next time on Eye on the Alignment.